This podcast is brought to you by the People's Association. In this episode, we will explore how to ace a job interview face-to-face and virtually. I'm your host, Ryan Lip. Joining us today is our guest, who is currently the Chief Human Resources Officer of the Singapore University of Technology and Design, or SUTD. She's an author and industry thought leader with over 25 years of experience in strategic human resource. For her contribution to public service, she was awarded the Public Administration Medal Silver in 2019. Previously, she was Senior Vice President of Group HR at Certis and Regional HR Director with NEC Corporation. A veteran in the HR industry, we have the privilege today to tap on her valuable experiences and rich insights, especially on how to successfully tackle and perhaps even ace the job interview process. Let's welcome Dr. Jacqueline Lee to the Industry Guru podcast series. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you for spending time with us today. Before we begin, how about you telling us a little bit more about yourself? I started my career in HR more than 25 years ago as an industrial relations specialist in early 1990s where this company called Olivetti that manufactures typewriters, that was how arcade it was. So I remember that my first job, I was kind of just working with production operators, sharing a harmonious employee-employer relationship and also, and most important, is to work with the workers on the ground. That was how I started my foray in HR. Then later on, I moved to General Motors, where I was doing more employee relations work and specialising in communications. Then, after spending a short time in General Motors, I moved on to the National Kidney Foundation. Wow, that's quite a change. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. It's a healthcare and of course non-profit, where I spent probably another two and a half years as a human resource manager of the foundation. That was where I started handling the full spectrum of human resource function. And that was really interesting because that was the first time and my boss at that time, he actually gave me an opportunity you know, to run the whole HR function. And that really gave me a lot, a lot of opportunities to really show my leadership for the first time, run the HR department. And that was really interesting. Then after that, I moved on to the LaSalle College of the Arts. <laughs> wow, what a change <laughs> from non-profit to the arts. So the LaSalle College of Arts was quite interesting. At that time, it was Equipment Road. Again, I was hired as head of the Human Resources Function. I spent about another five years there. It's quite interesting. And to be working with artists, very, very interesting bunch of people. And then after five years in LaSalle, I moved on to NEC Corporation. That was when I started doing regional human resource work. And back to the commercial sector, right? Yes, commercial sector. And it was a really interesting job because it's so global and you really get to meet people from all over the world. And also a chance to really shape regional HR policies. At that time, my boss was Noah Horn, Mr. Noah Horn, and he actually gave me an opportunity to lead the development of Wellness Scorecard for the South Asia region. So I actually spent a couple of years with the whole region to develop the Balance Scorecard for the company. So this is not just the localized scorecard, but the regional one, right? So you have to take into consideration the rich culture and the backgrounds and diversity that's been going on. So I think that was very interesting because I was doing a non-HR function. It was really a business function. So basically leading the region in the Balance Scorecard getting the countries together to unify, to work out business strategy with the scorecard for the region. And then that translated to the HR scorecard. And after that, the next couple of years was quite interesting as we move on to put in quite interesting programs. And on top of that, I was the, we call it regional business expert for HR. I was appointed by my CEO to lead the region in best practices. I think that really expanded my horizon a lot. 
And then later on, I was headhunted to join Certis Cisco. At the time, Cisco was going through a corporatization from statutory board into a company under Termasic. So I was actually recruited to help the CEO with the whole transformation of Cisco from a stat board to a private company. So that was a very, very massive restructuring because there are thousands of workers. So that really led my foray to change management, transformation. Also uh, working with thousands of police officers to do a major overhaul on the salary structure. Right. So the focus on during the huge transformation was still more on human resources right, and human capital. It's more HR, but also company in terms of the whole company, getting people to be used to an organization that is no longer non-profit. Uh, so behaviors, attitude have to change and we had to also kind of reconfigure the workforce to people that were able to work in the private sector that are more profit and sales driven. So that job was really a major transformation. I remember I lost about seven, eight kilos. Wow. <laughs> I was so skinny because it was extremely stressful. Uh, it really wasn't an easy job. And after that, Ministry of Education had this opening for starting a new university from scratch. I always like adventures. So I was kind of approached, talked to the ministry, and then they said, why don't you help us to set up the HR function? for the new university and you know it's exciting time as we develop and bring in a lot of new people as well as develop the culture of the university and set the whole motion for the new university which is today the Singapore University of Technology and Design and you know I've stayed there for almost 12 years uh, You must be enjoying yourself <laughs> Yeah, I'm still here after 12 years I guess I just have such a passion for education I just love being in this sector because interact with a lot of young people and you are really shipping the next generation. So I find that in the later years of my career, I want to do something more meaningful. Not that non-profit is not meaningful, but kind of be in a profession, in an industry where I can impact the next generation and shape Singapore. You know? So I think that that's how I have spent my last 12 years. And I think SUTD today is in a good position. The effort is not just myself, but the, the really the early group of pioneers that joined. Well, I mean, that's how I shaped my career. And then, you know, my last 10 years, I have spent a lot, lot of time speaking in conferences, training, and really just working with the HR industry, doing a lot of community work, uh, joining boards. I'm also a committee member with IHRP. And I've been working at IHRP to help with, uh, contribute to the HR profession. So now it's not just shaping the next generation, but also helping to contribute to the HR profession. Your career is such an adventure. I mean, of course, I'm sure that you are no stranger to change and you've gone through so much and different industry sectors from non-profits to profits to social to government that then transform back to commercial as well. With all these changes going on, as we know, the employment landscape as a whole, right, it's actually experiencing one of its most volatile seasons. And with many of these kind of industry experiencing job displacements while others are seeing a surge, I mean, which is completely opposite in hiring demands. Based on your current observations of what's happening, which of the sectors and industries are still actively hiring and why is that happening? You see, the COVID-19 brought about a lot of disruptions to the entire employment landscape. As you know that it affected, of course, the aviation industry quite severely, the hospitality industry. I think those that are in the service, especially dealing with tourism, you know. But there are a lot of industries that are booming as a result of this disruption. And you know, especially the logistics. 
supply chain, right? Because everybody's starting to buy things online, shop online. But that's not always the most exciting industry that we think of first when we first graduate or anything, right? And say, wow, let's go join the logistic industry. It's not seen, it's always behind the scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I recently spoke to somebody from Ninja Van. She told me that they are going mad. They just cannot find enough people because there's so much delivery, thousands of packages every day. So that industry is definitely hiring. And of course, you know, other industries that are booming is the tech sector, especially companies like Google, Facebook, Netflix is definitely doing very well. Amazon. The one that just launched Disney Plus as well. I'm, I'm sure they're doing well. Right, you know, uh, Netflix, I think because of the COVID-19, the, the cinemas are being severely impacted. On top of all the circuit breaker rules and the safe distancing, they have huge competition from Netflix. Then of course, a lot of those uh, companies uh, in data science, doing IT side of things, those industries are definitely not impacted. In fact, they're hiring. I think the tech sector is generally doing well. But besides the tech sector, I mean, you just mentioned that the logistics sector is definitely one that requires a lot of help, which is complementary to the tech sector and the e-commerce space that's been going on. Is there any other sectors that you think maybe is healthcare hiring like mad too? Or is it a permanent shift? Well, healthcare is definitely hiring very aggressively because of uh, what's happening with the COVID-19 situation. Also, our industry education, we are actually doing fairly well because of COVID-19 and a lot of the students are not going overseas to study. So the local universities are actually having an increase in admission numbers. And our academy is definitely doing well because of all the workers that are displaced coming for training. I myself am training a lot of SG United mid-career professionals that have been displaced. Recently met a class and a lot of them come from the logistics, hospitality, industry, tourism, aviation. Those are the sectors I see a lot severely impacted. I think the governmental sectors are doing okay. You work for the public sector, it's doing fairly okay. So do you see this as something permanent or is it just temporal given the situation and when say the pandemic is sort of like behind us, is this going to be like a trend moving forward or it will default back to where we were before? I don't think we'll ever be the same again. The whole aviation sector, tourism sector, it's going to see a transformation in the way people travel and also with nationalism. I think the, all this crossing of borders to different countries, patterns are going to change. Aviation travel is not going to pick up in the next few years. We all know realistically that it's not going to pick up. And because of that, it has a downstream impact on a lot of other sectors. I think our government has been very proactive by controlling the situation very well. So we are very fortunate that also we have a government that is also looking into pouring money into the economy, helping to revive certain sectors and also putting a lot of people through all this skills transformation. I think a lot of this digital disruption that is already happening before, it's really disrupting industries. But COVID has brought about a really rapid acceleration of this kind of transformation. So it is going to be here to stay whether you like it or not. Workers will have to really uh, reorient themselves and reskill themselves in new areas that are up and coming. Talking about the skills as well as the qualities, not just the skills, right? The attitude and the qualities too. So in today's landscape, what are some of these important uh, skills and qualities that the hirers are potentially looking for in candidates? If you think about Industry 4.0, it's brought about digital disruption and of course COVID. So because of technology's ability to evolve and also now uh, more and more automation, replacing manual labour. So a lot of the jobs, a lot of the skills in the new areas will be AI, data science, skills that are creative, innovative, multidisciplinary, 
so if you have ability to solve problems, if you have skill sets that are aligned to Industry 4.0, you're going to be highly employable. So if you notice that in the recent batch that I'm training, there's a whole group of mid-career professionals actually trying to go into the HR profession. And the kind of things we're training them, it's not in the old areas. You know? Of course, the traditional HR functions are going to be there, but we are training people in change management, digital communications. The, I am training people in foundation data science, how to use data analytics, data science, manage the human resource function. So basically, a lot of the training that we are doing is getting people attuned to align with Industry 4.0 and the new skills, you know. What about the kind of qualities or uh, not so much on the skills, but the qualities of the candidates themselves? What kind of things will hirers look out for? You really have to be very open-minded. You've got to, one first thing, have the hunger to learn. And also, whether you like it or not, data science is going to be the new oil. Data is going to replace money. If you think about it, today's currency is data. The most powerful companies are ones controlling data. Whether you like it or not, you have to get into data science and learn the skills of what is it like to apply data science in jobs. And so this applying computational thinking and also being more creative and innovative. Also, uh, digital communications. Everybody is using social. So you could be able to know how to use social media to position yourself, market yourself, be visible on the key platforms. The other skill set will be, of course, the ability to manage change, constantly evolve. So these are the new skills for the Industry 4.0. So even if you are displaced, not to worry. If you are willing to learn new skills, these new areas, innovation, digital communications, social media, AI, data science, uh, you know, if you're able to transform, you really are able to get into new areas. And which means that they have to be both agile, adaptable, as well as willing. So other than looking for this kind of uh, hiring trends, I'm sure that is important for job seekers, whether it be fresh graduates, mid-career switchers, or even mature job workers, uh, that they need to also improve their interview skills. Like you, what me mentioned, right? Uh, a lot of the communication rather than face-to-face alone now have to also worry about uh, online video interviews as well, right? Uh, Could you share with our listeners, perhaps, is there any tips for preparing for a job interview in this kind of a landscape then? So I think before you go for a job interview, please, please know the nature of the company that you're going to interview. It's terrible to go for a job interview and you don't know what the company does. Okay, at least do your homework and find out what the company does, the core competencies of the company and the strategy, the business they are in, you know. So so I think you've got to be able to go and do research. Nowadays, so much things available on the internet. Find out, find out what the company does and also think about how you, you know, with your unique capabilities and skills can contribute to the growth of that organization. So try and show your interviewers that you're proactive, that you are coming to offer something on the table. That means your skill sets can contribute to the growth of this organization, basically. So even if you're a worker, for example, you're in aviation industry and for example, you're an air stewardess, kind of lost your job and you're trying to go for an interview in a company. So you bring with you a lot of training in customer service, the ability to manage unexpected situations. And then if you go for training and you have equipped yourself with ability to at least understand data science and more computational thinking you are creative and innovative you definitely uh, you know be able to position yourself in a better light in front of interviewers so be proactive don't be afraid to share and show your strengths 
basically sell yourself a very positive light. Oh, but we are all Singaporeans, right? We are all, most of the time, we are all very, or rather I should say we are all Asians and we are very shy when it comes to peddling ourselves to uh, even our prospective employers. You have to sell yourself, you have to position yourself uh, in a smart way, you know, uh, know what is happening and you know, know the the entire landscape industry, what's happening, and also most important, the company you're interviewing with. From your experience, right, what kind of candidates usually stand out? It doesn't matter whether you're face-to-face or online, right? What kind of candidates usually stand out for you? So, typically, when we interview uh, candidates, I think people who are, of course, you've got to be able to speak well. You are going for interview and you can't handle a conversation. It's quite disastrous. So, people who speak fairly well, confident, able to show to the interviewers that they are prepared to try new things, they are open to new ideas, definitely a positive attitude, a willingness to learn. Maybe I give a certain scenario. So for example, fresh graduates do not have a lot of working experience. When they go for job interviews, it's very, very important to basically show uh, your interviewers participation in a CCA, uh, extracurricular activities in school. Any leadership position you have uh, taken on while you are in university or even in college. Uh, and also, of course, the results. Uh, whether academically you do well, of course, is important, but of course, not the most critical. But of course, you cannot go to the interview with filling all your subjects, you know. And uh, also, show your interviewer that although I'm new, I'm fresh, I can bring a lot of. Uh, Basically, a different kind of skill set to the table, like the with the with the young generation. They are very savvy with social media. Final area that we wanted to discuss a little bit on is that in these unprecedented times, right, finding a suitable job may prove to be quite a daunting task. So, what kind of resources uh, would you recommend for job seekers who are venturing to a new industry? For example, maybe any websites or portal? I mean, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier. Is there any other websites or resource that they should actually visit to look for that kind of job opportunity? Of course, there are big job portals like Jobs TV. Glassdoor uh, has a lot of interesting reviews on companies. Go and read and find out what people are talking about the company. Also, the rating of the CEO. Of course, go to WSG. They have a lot of resources for mid-career professionals. Go to the internet, go to major websites, the news, all the resources that show you, uh, if you you go to Google, I think you can find out what are some of the new skills that are trending. McKinsey is actually quite interesting. There's a lot of resource about what is happening in the new economy. I find it quite insightful. What you want to know is you want to understand global trends. Besides looking for jobs, know the global trends, what's happening. So that when you are going for a job interview or when you are reinventing yourself, you know how to align yourself with what the world is looking for, the new kind of skill sets that are happening. And these are all the interesting channels. Currently, I think those SSG platforms, LinkedIn, that gives you all the job information. In fact, a lot of the job postings are mainly on LinkedIn and Job Street. Do you have any advice for job seekers whose job search is actually taking longer than expected? I mean, right now, I'm expecting that a lot of people would probably have to wait much longer to be able to get a job. Is there any advice that you have for them? It is quite daunting, definitely, because after April, when the job support scheme comes to an end, there might be more people unemployed. If you think about it, there is a lot of competition for jobs. So you might face a lot more competition. It might take a longer time to find a job, but don't be disheartened. As I say, as long as you are reinventing, you are 
doing a lot of reskilling and retraining. And you're not shy, you know, be willing to go into a different sector like logistics. There's nothing wrong to go into the logistics sector. It's booming sector. E-commerce is a booming sector. Healthcare, you know, reinvent yourself. There are people who reinvent themselves to go into the healthcare industry. Education industry, public service. You know, lots of opportunities in those sectors. Reinvent yourself, give yourself an opportunity in those sectors and don't be shy to take on a role that may be uh, not at the level as you were previously in. I mean, we could be realistic. If the job might not pay as well, but may not be at the position you're in, but at least it's an opportunity for you to reinvent, go into a different sector. So I think as long as you're willing to do that, uh, the job search process might not be as long as it is. For those who are not willing, then it's a bit harder. Do you have any final parting advice for our listeners to take special note of? Well, I, I really uh, wish uh, you all the best for those who are looking for uh, uh, to move into new sectors and looking for a job. Uh, don't be disheartened if you're just willing to reinvent uh, and do new things. And for those of you who are still taking a longer time, attend courses, go for training, make good use of your time to learn new skills, you know. I'm sure in no time you should be able to lend yourself a position. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline, for sharing your candid views and valuable insights. I'm sure our friends from the PMET Network community who are listening will greatly benefit from it. Thank you so much. Most of all, thank you listeners for tuning in to the People's Association Industry Guru podcast series. For more information, email us at pa underscore life skills underscore lifestyle at pa.gov.sg. That is pa underscore life skills underscore lifestyle at pa.gov.sg Do remember to subscribe to our channel and be updated on our latest episode. I'm your host, Ryan Lip, and I look forward to having you in our next episode.